Good morning and welcome to the show. This is The Hair Affair and I am your host, Christine. I'm excited to have you joining me today and I've got a great interview coming out of South Carolina. So fill up your coffee cup and join me in the beauty lounge and we'll get this show rolling. Well, welcome to the show again today, and I've got on Zoom with me, her name is Laura Frazier, a fellow Redken artist from um, North Carolina. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Hey, um, South Carolina. Everyone always thinks it's North. Yeah. We're so much cooler than North Carolina. (laughs) You know, I I am a North Carolina Tar Heels fan, and I think that's why I was probably thinking North Carolina. Sorry. So South Carolina, and... You have a myriad of accolades here, and I was just going to bre- read through these real quick and um, just kind of let people know who you are and um, what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So you are located in Charleston, though, right? Is that what yes. you said? Okay. Charleston. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, and she is the owner of the Hair Lab, and she also has a podcast called The THC Conversation with Hairzilla. I love that. Being a Redken artist, you also have your certification in hair color, design, finishing. Um, you have a, you're certified in extensions, Olaplex, and I think that's all your big certifications, right? Is that, did I name them all? I think so. Like the, yeah. Cause like the extension one is vast. I, I can't just do something. I have to like get certified in it. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like something I would do. It's all or nothing for yeah. me usually. It's like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. See, I I don't know much about Pokemon. I think I might be a little <laughs> beyond that in my my years. I'm such an 80s child that I was actually just listening to the one co- podcast that you were talking about, um, you know, pre-internet and having the phones that hung on the walls and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was a senior in high school, internet was just becoming a thing. So I'm kind of in that hang up between using the internet to its full capacity, but then just being completely dumb on the internet. Like I, I do not yeah. know what I think I should know on this stuff. I, and I can, it's hard for me to keep up and Pokemon and the whole, um, catching the Pokemon. What is that? What is that <laughs> called? I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. You're a millennial old. Yeah. Like us eighties babies are millennial olds. I've yeah. learned. Yeah, because we were born in the late 1900s. Exactly. I love saying mm-hmm. it that way too. When I heard you, me say too. That, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I like that." Yeah. <laughs> so, but then also, um, I w- wanted you to talk a little bit about. I was uh, stalking you, of course. Um, you were also a stylist finalist for the NHA. And for those who are listening that don't know what NAHA stands for, that's the North American Hair Awards or Hairstyling, Hair Awards, Hairstyling Awards. And so tell me about that because I, what, what, what did you enter and how did that turn out for you? Um, so I love finishing and I do a lot of, uh, editorial and I have photographer friends that it helps me just for fun do photo shoots. And I, um, you know, I get to hang out with, being a Redken artist, I get to hang out with some cool artists yeah. like Ruth Roche coaches right. me a lot. Um, George Garcia and like awesome. Lori Zabel. Yeah. yeah. So I finally, um, I've entered a few times and it's like probably the hard, one of the hardest contests, but I have noticed 
since lockdown, there's been a lot more contests emerging, which I'm really excited about. But this sure. one still is the hardest one. So just to get nominated, I was floored. It was amazing. I was on the team category. Um, so it's a very avant-garde category. Uh, and we had five models, five team members, and we had to create a look each model had to look different but cohesive so my joke was like it's kind of like the backstreet boys like they're all they're all different and like every girl has their favorite backstreet boy sure. but they all had a cohesive look so um yeah no it was amazing i'm i'm coming back i'm going to i'm going to try and get nominated again i'm going to try to win one before i die but um oh i'm sure you will it was wild yeah and i like it. it's it's hair that like you know if your client saw it they'd be like what, what in the is world this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have to be completely straight up honest. I when I was in cosmetology school, I've been um, in the industry now for 10 years. But when I was in school, and my teacher, she turned everything into avant garde. She's from she was from California, and I'm in Wyoming. And so everything was avant garde. And that she loved it. That was her thing. But man, she just killed it for me. It just she overdid it. Because even with avant garde, it's supposed to be in my mind, how you view it, you know, you take a color or picture or something like that and, and make it into something for yourself. But she would take something that I would do and then tell me that it wasn't right and I'd have to change it. And I'm like, what? Or you should do And I'm like, this is avant-garde, like what? You know, so yeah. I just never really caught on to the whole avant-garde thing. And, and last year in Dallas for the symposium, I even kind of struggled a little bit at the show that you know, that night that we had with all the models. And yeah, stuff. I was just like, yeah. oh, this I got to do those too. <laughs> did you? I bet you did. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's bizarre. Like it's bizarre mm -hmm. stuff. But mm -hmm. it's like for me and it's not for everyone. I also there's also like editorial that's more like a magazine or like branded like Ulta editorial. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's really beautiful and polished. Um, But I like I like the really weird. Yeah. I love the weird um, but yeah, I loved, I loved the sequence in Dallas and Orlando of like the history of the hair right. and then how, then Redken took it and made it avant-garde. And then the folks like me in the back were like, they were like, here's what we're making. And you know, there was some um, right. hair made out of zip ties. Right. It right. was, it was wild. It, it was, was very wild. It was wild. And some of it was kind of hard for me to catch up with because, um, I was in the back in the VIP room. And so I was hanging out next to um well like Patrick and um I ran into Ann Chesbro and her husband and stuff and so I really wanted to talk to them and Zambia and stuff so I missed part of the show um yeah. but in some of it I was like whoa this is definitely um opening a the eyes of a Wyoming girl for sure because you know you just don't <laughs> I'm not around the city so it's not like I get to it's not just an everyday thing so I probably right. should have paid more attention to it a little bit better but I didn't, I have to be honest. Um, but I'm super excited for Symposium this year and to see what's going to happen. You are like the go-to person, from what I'm hearing from everybody all of a sudden, um, that for any kind of social media, anything, as far as um, boosting your numbers, getting the attention, um, getting, like if you're in the business, um, trying to um, create hits you know or people some leads I shouldn't say hits it's probably not good um, but create the leads and really just fill up your books if you you know like you are the person to talk to about that and after yesterday I'm like man I need to do a one-on-one -on -one with her I'll pay her whatever it takes <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think um, it's really nice to hear that because I feel like I try and teach to the hairdresser, not to the influencer, because I feel like a lot of times influencers are really cool and have all these followers, but it's not necessarily making them money. They're making money off the brand deals, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. that they get from having so many followers. But it's like at the end of the day, most of us are just behind a chair trying to make a living. Um, So that's what I try and teach to. And I also... Like my pages, I just treat them like experiments. So I know what works and what doesn't before I tell someone. Like sure. I'll never teach I'll never teach you something I haven't tried. Right. Um, but it's really fun. I like to look at social media as a game, um, like an arcade game. You know how when you were like a kid and those like Donkey Kong like pixelated <laughs> games, like yes. they never ha- like you could never get to the end. Like some right. kids got to the end because they right. were like video game talented. But that's how I look at um social media just pretend it's a big game and then and and I take breaks and stuff I always teach that too for mental health like take a break if you need one there's different ways to do it and stuff but that's I'm glad that's what everyone says about me there could be so many other things yeah oh I know (laughs) right but like you said you know sometimes you have to take a break from reading your comments and everything on social media Mm -hmm. because it is toxic and we'll get yeah. to and and I cannot do that for myself because um, one thing I wanted to put out there that I was saying to you the other day through just Instagram messaging was that um, watching some of your posts and now, you know, listening to your podcasts and stuff, I really appreciate you being putting out there being your true authentic self because why why be somebody different? And I'm a recovery alcoholic. And so I really have to avoid things like that when I'm trying to build my business at the same time, because I can let it take myself into a super negative place. And that's one thing I'm going to have to make the choice to, to not necessarily pay attention to and just block it if I can, because it, it, I will allow it to destroy me if I, you know, if I want to. And I think that's something that we have to learn as stylists too, that for every negative comment out there there's five other people that will say just the complete opposite but it all it takes is that one to just really ruin your whole day if you want it to yeah and i like as an educator i get really frustrated with the internet because there's people out there that i meet and like i get to go to their salons and they have really cool things that they're doing or that they're saying and they're just so scared to post it Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like I said yesterday, like I watched a guy eat a whole head of cauliflower for fun on TikTok. Like there's better (laughs) content. Like you can post your stuff and people will watch it. But there's always going to be like a grumpy goat. And so I my personal rule and it's specifically with TikTok. I find TikTok to be the toxic wasteland of comments, (laughs) Um, especially if you're older than 25, like they really lay into you. But um, I just I stopped my rule for TikTok is after I post, um, like if I post on Tuesday, by the time I go to bed, like I don't read the comments of that post anymore. I just ignore it. I give it like if I post at lunch and I go to bed at eight o'clock after eight o'clock, like I don't read. Yeah, because the TikTok, I mean, and I've, I have friends um, that are social media folks, too, that say the opposite, that they get they feel like Instagram's more toxic for them. So I think it's it's very individual based on your sure. your personality what you're doing but i if that's something mental health is just so important that i'm like it is not it's not worth the tiktok post do you know what i mean like right. Right. put it away like you said block them put like don't even use uh platforms you don't like right right yeah and i never really got onto the whole tiktok thing except for a really good friend of mine and i um sometimes if we can't sleep and we're up at three o'clock in the morning we'll 
like screen through or you know scroll through TikTok and find something really stupid and send it to each other so sometimes in the morning I'll wake up and I'll have like 20 notifications from her or something like that but other than that it's not one of those things like Facebook or Instagram or something that I just it, I just open it up and that's that's not a scrolling thing for me and I never really understood Snapchat so I never I don't I'm not even going to try with Snapchat because yeah. I don't get it it's a platform I just don't understand and I've I've had a 10 year old show me I've had a 16 year old show me <laughs> you know I just it's for some reason it doesn't click in my brain <laughs> no so. that's how I feel too about threads I'm like we need another oh. app like that we're just I did it I was like let me play on this app let me and it's just it's like it's like the more watered down, friendlier version of Twitter. And I don't even like Twitter. So right. I'm like, I don't, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing here? And I, I think I've posted that. I'm like, what am I doing here? And nobody knows what exactly we're doing. Right. And that was the only thing I could figure out with threads too. It was because I don't know. I mean, I, I think it signed me up automatically or something off of yeah. Instagram. And I'm like, well, threads, what is, you know, what is this? And I get on there and everybody's like, oh, well, if you're, um, I'm, you know, trying to set their algorithms and searching for certain people and, Hey, we're all following each other. Are we still playing this game or whatever? And I'm like, this is just a bunch of it's wasteland. I don't, under, I don't get it. Um, I don't know what it's useful for right now. And I'm sure probably in the future it'll come around. I don't know, but it's just one of those. I, I, I'm not on Twitter either. So maybe that's why I don't get it, but yeah, to stick with the basics, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm like I'm going to stick with whatever, you know, my clients can find me with. <laughs> right. Right. So, when you first started in the industry, were you in Jersey or were you in South Carolina? So, I was born and raised in New Jersey. Okay. And I moved to South Carolina. Let me I started doing hair when I was 20. So, I was doing hair for like 7 years. Moved to Charleston literally just because I hate winter. Yeah, I don't know how I you do it that. in Wyoming. You are brave. It's hard tough. some years, but <laughs> no, I know. And then, and it was long story short, my husband has worked from home since before it was like, cool. Like, yeah, it was like unheard of. Right. And, um, we were dating and his company had gotten bought out by a larger company. And instead of like, everyone thought, I guess in his company, they were going to get downsized or let go, but they were just, they just made everybody work remote rather than in a building. And I'm like, that's so smart. Like, right. You don't have to pay all these bills. Oh, um, yeah. So he came home and he's like, and remember we were dating. He's like, do you want to move to Charleston, South Carolina? Like his best friend at the time lived here. So he always, he knew how cool it was. Sure. And I, all I said was, is there snow? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I'm in. Um, right. And the funnier story, he's, he was like, wow, she said she'd move with me. So then he proposed, but my backup plan, my family, my immediate family was moving to Florida. So, oh. you know, being a woman, <laughs> I didn't know he was going to propose. I was like, okay, backup plan. If this right. guy breaks up with me, <laughs> I'll I only go have to, to Florida. Go one more state down. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it, there's still no snow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would love to live somewhere where there's no snow. I mean, I love, love, love the fact that I'm literally 20 minutes away from being on the mountain. And having that, especially yeah. in the summertime, that is awesome. I love it. But my heart is like the beach and the, you know, just the whole, the warm weather. I, yeah, the warm weather, the palm trees. I wish I could grow a palm tree here. I would make me the happiest person in the whole wide world if I could have a real palm tree, even if it's just a plant in my house. I don't know if there where that perfect place is where I can have mountains and beach yeah. and warm weather all the time. <laughs> if it's out there, well, tell me funny you say that because my last vacation was actually uh 
in well we stayed in montana but it was yellowstone so we hiked the wyoming side so it's like i live at the beach but i do love going to the mountains right right yeah and yellowstone is gorgeous and so uh you were probably closer to like the tetons and that area Mm -hmm. i'm assuming were you in bozeman montana yes that's where we flew in and then it was an hour and a half yeah and then it was an hour and a half to we did um under canvas Oh, yes. Um, And we stayed in, uh, we glamped. Uh-huh. Glamped. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder what that's That's as like. close to camping as I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> I love camping, but I'm kind of spoiled now because David and his family have a cabin and I oh, got nice. to experience being in the cabin during the summer instead of a tent on the ground. And yeah, I'm, yeah. don't look at me like that, David. Um, (laughs) it was nice. I will admit I'm probably at that age now where I'm going to enjoy it a little bit more, but in my twenties and thirties, it was nothing for me just to throw up a tent real quick. And sometimes I had a sleeping bag. Sometimes I didn't. And you just crawl. Shoot. I've even slept, slept in my car once and, um, by a lake and it was really cool. Cause like really early in the morning, about three o'clock ish, um, the three nights I stayed there, I could hear the wolf pack go by and they were just talking. I mean, they weren't more than a hundred yards from me because the next morning I went out to let my dog go to the bathroom and we were just kind of going down around by the lake. And sure enough, I saw the the wolf tracks and um, yeah. So about the same time in the morning, they were out looking for their hunt. And the last night that I was there, this is the last time I went camping, camping. um, I had two elk that just went just scraped right by me and I got to watch them um scratch their horns up against a tree and stuff like that and my wow. dog of course is going crazy and I'm like oh you know they'll kill you <laughs> they'll kill me yeah but yeah so that's really cool and that's what I love <laughs> about our mountains but there's so much to appreciate about the ocean too that I that I love um so one day one day we'll see um how long have you had your salon now um, I literally opened middle of 2020. So this is our fourth year wow. in business. I, yeah, so man, right I joke, at the I'm like, first I, time ever. Well, and I'll say this too, in the Southeast, it was a little, we were a little less locked down. Um, it was an interesting time as somebody who travels the United States yeah. to see how like, you know, like California was locked down forever. Right. And then I think we were in full lockdown only for like two or three months. And then we had like a partial kind of lockdown happen where mm-hmm. um, and that still felt like torture. But then all of my friends that own salons and other or like New York. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Like it was wild. But so we were a little lucky, but um. And we had mask mandates and stuff like that. And I don't know. The joke here was like maybe we had less numbers because it's so freaking hot. Like, I don't well, know. No, it's the truth, though. Yeah. And we um, well, yeah. And I there's like some, you know, correlations of like being locked in buildings with, um, you know, people that with the flu and the mm-hmm. COVID and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, we get to be outside a lot more. And it was funny because when we first, you know, first went into lockdown, nobody knew anything. So everything right. was completely locked down. And in Charleston, they were the only protest that was happening was to open the boat ramps because they're like, there's no COVID in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, we'll we'll social distance like we will only be on our boats. Like it was it was looking back now because I know some people be like, it's not funny, Laura, but it's pretty funny that like everybody was cool with social distancing and being respectful but they're like we want to go on the boat (laughs) right right well I mean we were kind of the same way here it's just like shoot we'll just 
you know, well, like David and his family, we weren't together then, but they just all went up to the mountain and hung out in the cabin for however long, you know, shoot, why not? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I didn't because uh, I had a little at the time that I was taking care of and trying to get her through school and, and things like that. So I, I did not get that option. Um, I had to hang out in the house and yeah. occupy a nine-year-old 24 seven. Um, <laughs> and I, I am now that I'm 42, it's like, I love children and I love them even more when they're not like mine right now. You know what I mean? Like I love yeah, them. No, I'm the fun aunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm a godmother to a set of twins and I love that and I love them. And if something ever happened to their parents, absolutely. I would, you know, swoop them up and take them in, but yeah no thank you <laughs> i always say i'm the fun aunt i'm not the responsible aunt right like, my best friend um from middle school and high school has five i'm like oh you have gosh. a basketball team like, she has her own basketball team um but like her one daughter when she was younger was like obsessed with me which i loved i'm the, i'm mm -hmm. like of, of course i'm gonna also buy you extra presents because you're obsessed <laughs> with me but i'm like the worst at like because I don't have mom brain, but right. we were driving, uh, we went to a store or something and her daughter was like, can I drive back with aunt? They call me Frasier because we played sports and stuff together. Aunt Frasier. She's like, yeah, I don't care. So of course I'm like, I'm going to stop at Duncan because they didn't, <laughs> long story short, they didn't have a Starbucks, but I get in the line and this little girl, she was like five years old. She's like, can I have an iced coffee? And I literally am like, are you allowed to have that? Can you have that? And I was like, let me call your mom. And I call her and my this woman, five children, she goes, well, what's your rule? And I'm like, I have oh a dog. Have like, a I'm calling you to know. <laughs> and she goes, well, I get her. She would get her an iced hot chocolate and call it an iced coffee. But the kicker was we get home. She drank the whole thing. It was fine. But she jumps out of the car with her empty cup. And the other four kids are like, oh, my God, where's mine? Uh -huh. So fun, aunt. I'm like, uh oh, all right. Everybody get in the car. And my friend's like, no. They missed out. They didn't want to drive with you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could never do this mom thing. I would right. be like, I'd be broke and I'd be a sucker. I'd be like, OK, everybody gets one. <laughs> right. I know that would be me, too, probably. So you opened pretty much in the middle of COVID. Yeah. How mm -hmm. how because my biggest question that um, I have been asking people that had a salon prior to COVID and going through COVID and then coming back from COVID, but you went into owning one right off the bat. And so you were trying to establish and work through the whole COVID situation at first. So how did you, how did you do that? Like, what, what do you suggest to people? Um, I know that we're not in a depression state right now in our economy, but I mean, it's not great in a lot of places right. and people yeah. are struggling on um, building business or keeping the business they do have, um, you know, people canceling at the last minute or no showing, um, how, what's your suggestion on like getting through things like that? How did you do that with COVID? Um, I think, okay. So what I focused on, I think a lot of us, because we're hairdressers and we're visual, like we're like worried about what paint color we're going to choose or what it'll look like. And I feel like that's the easy part. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, you really got to focus on your policies and you have to stick by them no matter how yucky it feels. Cause it's mm -hmm. going to feel yucky enforcing some of your own policies. Like I think what has really saved us um, and it builds respect too, like as far as being a business, cause you know, the, the beauty industry isn't always taken very seriously. Like people will still be like to some of my career stylists that I have keep working here. They're like, Oh, and then what are you going to do after that? And it's like, no, this is my right. career. 
Um, but like one of my policies that I stand by and like, uh, I don't honestly like where sh- I always say this, like I'm, I'm very strict with my cancellation policy, but I'm not a monster. So basically if you cancel same day, it's a hundred percent charge. Mm-hmm. We, you can't book an appointment without a credit card, um, on file. And if you book, if you cancel tw- under 24 hours, like the day before it's a 50% charge. Cause we might be able to fill that spot. And we've had some yucky moments where people didn't like it, but because we stuck with it, the like word got out of like, well, you better know when you, if you have to cancel. Now, that being said, if you're sick, I will cancel it. I don't care. I don't right. want your cooties. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to, even if, you know, when you're getting over a cold and you're still kind of miserable, I don't want to hang out with a miserable person. Like, right. and you don't want to come and sit here for three hours. Right. Um, so that and childcare. So we don't allow one of my favorite policies and I don't care who hears this is that we don't allow extra people. And that includes children. Um, everyone in the building either works here or has an appointment. So we, yeah. So, and it it really has cut down on everybody getting sick all year. Uh, cause we just don't have people hovering around, like no boyfriends are hovering around. There aren't kids running around, knocking stuff over. And I know there's like, family salons and that's great and that's wonderful but we are not that salon like we do entire families but they'll all come together get their hair done and leave but we don't have like parents and like a bunch of kids in the lobby area like running around and stuff so we've definitely had some I've got some stories but um it I think we've developed like a level of respect as an actual business um and we've even had people make comments we had a guy he was he was one of our clients um since we opened and I don't, you know, everyone's going through their own thing. And I don't know if he's having a bad day, but he brought his child. And, and like, the other thing is my salon, we play a lot of spa music where I'm a very, like, um, I'm into healing and Reiki. And like, so my music's sure. very chill and calm. And the, the vibe is super chill, even when it's busy. And like, I don't know, sometimes kids come with the iPads on like Octave 100 right. and I don't want to listen to Bluey while <laughs> I'm like giving a scalp massage. Right. Um. And we, so we, we won't charge a cancellation fee, but my front desk had approached him. and was like, Hey, you know, Mike, we can't have, um, extra kids up front and they're unsupervised. Like I'm a safe, I'm a germaphobe and a safety Sally. So that's what got me through COVID where your child is sitting right next to the front door and there's a major highway right outside the front door. I don't, I don't want to be responsible for that. Right. Like you can't watch a kid and get a service done. And then he, his response was policies are meant to be broken. And we were like, oh no, no, they're not. (laughs) So, um, and again, anything, my friend Blake always says, anything worth saying is worth saying with a smile. And our front desk was like, you know, we work really hard for these policies and we, we just can't make an exception this time. We were very busy that day, whatever. But, and she was like, we can make an exception. No, we won't charge a same day cancellation fee and we'll get you moved. Um, but like, it was just too busy of a day to make bend any rules or whatever. And he just, you know, we probably won't see him again. He had some words that he liked to use and whatever. Right. So it's not, um, yeah, anyone listening, I promise if you have policies that like they, they re- uh, resonate with you, stick with them, even if they're yucky. And something that helps me is whatever town you're in, Google how many people there are. So in I'm in a suburb of Charleston, Mount Pleasant. There's 92,000 people and I have about 10 hairdressers. I'm like, I need the hairdressers more than I need one of the people. And I hate to say it that way, but there's 
what 91,999 other people that could potentially come through the door that would respect our policies. So sure. if anybody's listening and you feel gross about a cancellation policy or no extra P or any of those policies, they're all on my website. If you ever want to borrow them, feel free. But um, if you stick with them, the yuckiness gets less and less and goes away, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I that's something I had to wrap my brain around. And I had, before I switched my booking system, my booking system over to what I've got now before I didn't have a way of capturing um, the like say a credit card or debit card number and now I'm really trying to push the idea of booking online um, so Mm. that it will capture a a number so if they do you know no show me or they cancel out at the last minute or something like that I can go in there and and my policies on there um, when they book same as yours if you no show me it's 100 percent 50% 50% yeah. if it's the same day. Um, and I usually, um, most of my people are pretty good about saying, Hey, I'm sick, you know, yeah. I can't come, whatever, but it, it does happen. And it seems to go through these cycles of where one day I literally had, I think like five or six people for that day cancel out on me. And it was all the same day, last minute, who am I going to fill this appointment with? And um, that was that was a frustrating day. And I've actually done an episode on cancellations and stuff. And it was not a popular episode. It didn't get listened to hardly at all, actually, which I really which I found interesting. Um, actually, I think it's my poorest. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think that show has the least amount of listens to it than any of mine. I love learning about other people's policies because Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's what kind of creates your whole salon culture. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, um, I, I'm just a booth renter right now. Um, and I'm trying to, uh, work towards getting a salon of my own and having my own. Awesome. That's an end game for me. I was, almost there at the end of this last year and it didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to which is probably actually a blessing in disguise to be honest oh yeah it usually Um, is yeah and you know i'm i'm in a county of about 30 35,000 people in the whole county and the state itself is just barely over half a million we've got more livestock than we do people in the state it's (laughs) crazy but being a county of like 30 some thousand people it is absolutely crazy how many salons are in my county. And whether or not the stylists are full-time, I don't know. Um, there's always right. a few handful of people that their names get tossed around quite a bit on Facebook or something like that if somebody's looking for a hairdresser. And so that's kind of one of my biggest things is, one, yes, I want to open my own salon and have maybe a salon of you know, four to six people at the most. Um, which to me sounds like a lot to you that might be like pennies or peanuts. Um, no, but like how with being so oversaturated, I feel like with salons in this town, how do I get past that, um, that hurdle, I guess. And I mean, obviously I guess it just comes down to with my own personal work and you know, if people are, are happy, um, but being able to support a place that you know, the people that I bring into it that I want to work under my roof as well. I don't know. We don't even have a a cosmetology school in my town anymore. So it's not like I can just go to a local school or anything like that either. Right. Um, I honestly, I think because same, same, like we as big as, as many people are that I just said are in this town, like there's just as many salons, like there's a salon right across the street, actually. 
and they're bigger than us. Um, we don't take walk-ins or same day appointments. We're just, I'm just too, um, I'm very, and you know, working for Redkin, like I have a lot of non-negotiables. Like I want to see your hair. I want to consult with you. I want to, mm-hmm. so we don't really do walk-ins and they do. And like, and on the street alone, I think I counted once. Okay. Just on the right side of the street going home, <laughs> there were like 20 salons and I'm oh like, I didn't gosh. even get to the other side. And my, my, the road from here to like the bridge I have to get on it wasn't even all the way home, but it, I think it's like six or seven miles. Like there's literally, and some of them are like, um, small spaces where there probably is like one or two people, but still there's, mm-hmm. you know, an option. Sure. Um, but the one thing that really sets us apart, and I feel like it's something that doesn't happen a lot, um, is we are very involved with our community. So yes. yeah, we, uh, we partner with Echo, our East Cooper community outreach all year. Um, so we do fun, I'm always doing like fun retail sales because that's the thing that, um, I want people to have and get and take care of their hair. But it's like the one thing that they always want to, well, I got the hair. I don't want to pay, you know, mm-hmm. extra yes. for this. So I always try to have a fun retail sale. So like we'll do like a food drive for um, I think we do September and October the whole month. Each item you bring gets um, like 5% off up to 30% of your hair care. Um, But then we're also helping feed our neighbors. Yeah. And we donate all the food um, to their Thanksgiving uh, pantry. And then for Christmas time. We adopt um, actual local families and we the our clients bring presents for them. I'm trying to think what else. Um, and like the uh, uh, the every present that they bring enters them to win like uh, whatever my salon centric rep has like a hot tool or like a curling iron or whatever. And then what else do we do? I, and then every quarter at my salon, um, a stylist gets to pick a charity. Um, and then we do 5% of all of our retail sales go to whatever that charity is. So we're just always doing something for our town. Um, and the rule, that. yeah. And the rule for the charity is it just, the money has to stay in South Carolina. Like it can't, no, no, nothing against them, but like Susan G. Corman gets all the, all the, oh, the breast funds cancer. And stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll do like our local research. We have a research mm-hmm. hospital, so I'll oh. put the money there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We have wow. actually one of the biggest research hospitals in it one of in the country um and they do a lot of stuff like one of the girls picked the NICU um for our actually it was our first charity when we were first open and we so my accountant so always ask your accountant too was like I'm like what's the max I can give where I'm not losing money and um and my staff's pretty amazing they they opt out of um commission checks we do like a bonus board this way we can donate the money be part of charity but you're still getting something for meeting all these goals so like we have a big board most of my staff's love language is uh, quality time. So mm-hmm. like the board, hold on, I have it here, like has things on it, like um, a day at the spa, uh, an education credit towards, you know, whatever class they want to take, salon-centric gift card, one team event. Um, one of the girls is obsessed with pizza. So we have a pizza <laughs> Friday. Um, they all get to pick something and put it on the board to work towards. But it's it's fun. But it's like a fun compromise where I'm like, let's do these this thing to be part of our, our town and they don't take pay. So it's like a double charity. Right. I think it's pretty awesome of them. Right. But that would be that. my point of difference. Yeah. Get involved with your community. Right. And that is something, too, that I've noticed through um, being in your class and through our own messaging is you keep saying, you know, that's a love language. That's a love language. And I I love that about you because you figure out what makes people speak or you know what I mean? Like what how mm-hmm. they accept 
whatever it is that you're either trying to give or, you know, teach them whatever that situation looks like, because I'm very big into the different types of love languages before um, I went out to booth rent. I was, I, um, I was a store manager for great clips and I had 14 stylists under me that I had to try to, you know, keep from fighting each other and things like that. But I took it upon myself to try and learn what each of their language was so that I could do yeah. things like those, those kind of incentives and everything for them. And, and I think that's what keeps a healthy salon going too, is just knowing how to, how to talk to them and how to show them that you appreciate yeah. them and what motivates them. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, thank you so yeah. much again for joining me today. You are always welcome back on my show. I hope you want to come back at some point. What I'll do is on my show notes and I have a website, the hair affair with Christine.com. Um, I'll just post your link tree information. So if people want to find you or want to Amazing. hire you out for their salon and teach a class or whatever they're looking for, then um, they can find you there and we'll get we'll get you all set up. Yeah, perfect. I can't wait. And I'll, um, you know, find me on the gram and I'll, I'll cross promote and share us and stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you have a yeah. good rest of your day and I will hope to see you soon again. Okay, perfect. Um, Thank you so much. This yeah. was so fun. Oh, good. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, that's the wrap for Style of Sunday. And again, that was Laura Frazier, Redkin artist out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you go to my website, theheraffairwithchristine.com, under my show notes, you will find links to get a hold of her. And you'll also find links to get a hold of me as well. If you have any questions or topics or anything that you would like to hear on the show, I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to follow the show so that you can be sure to get the latest and greatest whenever I release a new episode. And sometimes you might even get it before it's available to the public. That's a great bonus right there for you. Again, thanks for joining me today. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.